Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. After giving Moses the Ten Commandments, Jehovah God continued to unveil the details and plans for the tabernacle. In the center of the tabernacle was the ark, the preeminent piece of all the items in the tabernacle, and over the ark was placed a cover or a lid. This very spot was to become the place, the unique place, where God would meet and speak with man. What does this cover represent today? This holy spot, the propitiation cover, is the focus of our life study of the Bible today with Witness Lee. Francis Ball is here for one of those messages that clearly pulls Christ out of the pages of the Old Testament in a very fresh and revealing way. Francis, this is an enlightening word today, isn't it? Yes, I certainly agree, Chris, and I like the way you put it. He pulls Christ out of all these passages in such a fresh and revealing way. So I'm looking forward to today's message. Francis, I think it'd be good to review a little bit for our listeners. We're exploring the furniture in the tabernacle that God instructed Moses and the children of Israel to build. In the center of the tabernacle was this most important of all the items, and that was the Ark of the Testimony. Now, the Ark, simply speaking, was a box made of wood and overlaid with gold. Francis, why are the wood and the gold significant as we look at the Ark? This is a marvelous picture, isn't it, Chris? You just uh, consider that in the wilderness, there was this tabernacle, and inside in the deepest part, which was the second room in the tabernacle proper, there was this box, a wooden box overlaid with gold. We've learned that gold represents divinity or the deity, and wood represents humanity. So this is a real representation and a type of Christ who was both God and man had divinity and humanity. This box shows us a God-man. Today, Francis, we want to go on and look at the cover that was placed on the ark. Uh, Listen to the verses in Exodus 25. This is verses 17 and 22. And you shall make a propitiation cover of pure gold. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the propitiation cover, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony of everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. This is the place, Francis, that God speaks with man. Marvelous. There could be such a place. Let's join Witness Lee. We have seen that the ark is somewhat like an open stand, like a box. Now we come to the cover, to the lid that covers this open stand. About 80 years before Christ, some Greek scholars translated the Old Testament into the Greek language. And that version is called 
Septuagint. Okay, in that Septuagint Greek Old Testament, here in Exodus 25, and there in Leviticus 16, the uh, Greek scholars translated this Hebrew word, which means the lead, the cover, hilasterium. And this word hilasterium is a non-form of the Greek word hilaskumai. And the Greek word hilaskumai means clearly to appease, to reconcile this one with the other one by satisfying the other one's demand on this one. This is the word hilaskumai. That means to appease, to reconcile two parties. Of course, the one that reconciles us with God is Christ. Christ is our propitiation. Christ is the one who reconciles us with God by satisfying God's demand on us. In 1 John chapter 2 and chapter 4, John tells us Christ is our hilasmas. Hilasmas means the thing that propitiates, the thing that reconciles. No doubt, the thing that propitiates is the sacrifice. Christ is not only the one that reconciles us with God by satisfying God's requirements, but also he is the sacrifice. He sacrificed himself for this reconciliation. He is the sacrifice. So, 1 John says Christ is our propitiation. Actually, this translation is not so accurate. It must be Christ is our propitiatory sacrifice. Then in Romans 3.25, Paul says, God has set up Christ, our hilasterium. Christ has been set up by God, our hilasterium. That means our what? Our propitiation. Well, there actually it means not only hilasterium, not only propitiation, but also propitiation becomes a place. And this place is called propitiation. Propitiation becomes a place where God and the redeemed people can meet together and can talk one with another. This is the propitiation as a place for God to meet with us, his redeemed people, and to talk to us. Francis, the cover of the ark was a most important place in the Old Testament economy. 
But its importance is not limited to just the Old Testament because in at least three New Testament passages, it's referred to in the context of our relationship and fellowship with God. What's the crossover, Francis, between this Old Testament type and the New Testament reality? The Old Testament type, of course, is a picture, and the reality is our experience. And actually, uh, the reality of being on this cover where God will meet with us and where God will speak to us, it equals what the New Testament calls the throne of grace, where we can meet together with God. Because of this cover, we have a way to meet with God. And I think we'll see as this message goes on how it's possible for us to meet with God and this choice place in the universe. When you think of the children of Israel being there in the wilderness and this picture being shown to us and then get to the New Testament and see the explanation of that picture, or you might say the caption under that picture, then you realize that that ark with that cover affords a place for us to meet with God and hear what God has to say. And we'll see how it's possible for us to meet with the Holy God. Francis, above the cover, there were two cherubim. They were also important in type. Again, this is Exodus 25 and verse 18. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of beaten work you shall make them, at the two ends of the propitiation cover. We're going to talk about the cherubim. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You read Hebrew 9, 5, which says the cherubim of glory. The cherubim of glory. So, the cherubim are for God's glory. Ezekiel 10 tells us God's glory left the temple and stood upon the cherubim. So, the cherubim are just the figure of God's glory. And it is here between these two cherubim. That means in God's glory, in the midst of God's glory, in the midst of God's glory, God meets with his redeemed people. God can never meet with you in any other place, in any other condition. Whenever you have God meeting with you, that must be in the midst of his glory. Whenever you had the feeling that God meets you, and you meet with God, a kind of a glory, in the midst of glory, like two cherubim there. You see, between the two cherubim, God meets you. Even today, when you repented, when you believed in the Lord Jesus, my, a kind of a glorious situation. A situation of glory. In the midst of God's glory, God meets with his people. It is here, in the midst of the glory of God, God speaks. Where is this glory? And who is this glory? This is the shining of Christ. The glory in which God meets with you. And God speaks to you. It's just the shining of Christ. The sign is Christ. It's Christ shining. What are the cherubim? The cherubim are Christ shining. The ark was made with acacia wood, overlaid with gold within and without. 
but the lid, the cover, was pure gold without acacia. Christ shined always with his divinity. He is in full genius of God's glory. His shining is not human. His shining is divine. But his divinity is not the base, not the standing of the shining. What is standing, the base of the shining? Acacia wood. It is acacia wood standing there that bears the gold. We need Jesus' humanity. We need his humanity that we can stand. But we are not expressing humanity. We are expressing what? We are expressing divinity. It is in this Christ, in the midst of this Christ, God meets with me. And I meet with God. And God speaks to me. Lord, this is just you. You, you. you. Without you, there's not such a place that God can meet with me. Without you, Lord, there's no place for me to meet God. Without you, there's not such a place which is called historian, propitiation. Not such a thing. Not such a living thing where God can speak to me. Francis, the Lord's word to Moses was very clear that the cover of the ark was going to be the place that he would meet with his people. The cherubim that overlooked the cover represent God's glory. What's the connection, Francis, between God's glory and our experiences of being in God's presence and hearing his word? To me, Chris, this is a marvelous, marvelous picture because here is this ark which represents Christ, and on that ark is this cover, and on the cover are these cherubim. Whether they're angels or not, we don't know, but at least they represent God's glory. And the glory of God being in this place where God is going to speak with man and man can meet with God, it's just too too wonderful to have such a picture before us. And I can remember reading this portion of the Word in years past, many years ago, and uh, not having any realization at all that what this ark really represented and what this cover represented, and even less what these cherubim represented. But there are passages in the Old Testament as well as the New that uh, this represents the glory of God. For God to be meeting with us In the glory, wherever God is speaking, there's glory. And that's the thing that so impresses me here. Our experiences of being in God's presence and hearing his word really brings us into glory. And this glory is really the shining out of Christ. And I know when I'm in meetings where the word of God is being spoken and where the ministry is coming out according to the word, there is a glory there. And sometimes it brings you into the real glory. You go away just feeling like you've been in glory. And sometimes when I just remember those times, again, I'm in the light of his glory. So to answer your question about how this relates to our experiences of being in God's presence and hearing his word, it's just because this is the shining out of Christ. When his word is given, there's this shining that just brings you into a sense of glory. 
Francis, as you're describing this experience, it took me back to the night that I received the Lord. I was in a meeting. There was an older sister, well into her 80s. I was quite a young man and about as different from her as I could be. And of uh, all the people that I met that night, there was something particularly about this older sister that just captured me. And it's exactly what you're describing. She was experiencing the glory that you're talking about. And that was radiating out at me. It made such a profound impact on me. It really opened my heart to receive the Lord that very night, not because of anything that was spoken or said, but just, I'll never forget that, shining out as you described it. It penetrated me to the depth of my being. All of God's people have to cherish this kind of glorious experience, right? And this kind of speaking not only infuses, but it expresses, just like you're describing. It surely was an expression that night that I'll never forget. But we've experienced it many times since, even in this uh, studio, Francis. Yes, I can tell you the truth. I have experienced this in this studio. Well, we've got another related segment coming up of our brother, Witness Lee. Let's join him now, and then you and I will come back for a few final comments. How can I, a sinful person, even today, I'm so sinful. I'm so natural. I'm so much in the old man. I'm so offending. I offend God. I offend people. How can I meet with the glorious God in the glorious Christ? How can this be? Well, in the record of the making of the ark, it doesn't say anything about this. But in the using, in the application of the ark, it mentions clearly the blood of the atonement was shed here. But this blood shed here must be blood and sprinkled on this ark. Where? On the lid. Right on the lid. On the cover. The blood was sprinkled on the cover seven times. That blood eventually covered the entire cover. It was a golden yellow cover. After the sprinkling of the blood, it becomes red. Because of this red blood, the blood of atonement. Today, the blood of redemption. The sinners can fellowship with the righteous God. Take with your experience. Whenever, even the first time you repented, God met you, you met God, God spoke to you, and you talked to God. Just at that time, you had the deep sensation, oh, the blood washes me. From that day until today, every time when you have the sensation that God is meeting with you in glory, you have the dear sensation, the blood the blood, the blood, the blood is here. The blood washes, the blood cleanses. Entire propitiatory cover is in our experience. Even today, it is in your experience. A lies today, you never met God. Whenever you meet God, and God meets you, and God speaks to you, and you talk to God, I tell you, the entire situation is what? Is a propitiatory cover. You may say, the propitiatory cover is full of God, no humanity, 
no acacia wood. That's right. But when blood is sprinkled there, the blood comes not from his divinity. The right. blood comes from his humanity. His humanity is for redeeming. And his divinity is for shining. Now the cherubim signify what? Signify his shining with his divinity. And the blood sprinkled there signify what? Signify his humanity for redeeming. So now God and you, you and God meeting one another, talking one to another, in whom? In a redeeming and shining Christ. In a redeeming Christ with humanity and a shining Christ with divinity. This is the Christ, dear ones. Who is this place? Jesus Christ. How can Jesus Christ, the one who was God and became a man, and in his manhood, in his humanity, he shed his blood to redeem us, and he shined God's glory in his divinity. And today, he's the redeeming and shining Christ. And such a Christ is the very place where God, the righteous, holy, and glorious God, can meet with the sinful, dirty sinners. Well, Francis Witness Lee began his sharing in this portion by asking, How can I, a sinful and natural person, meet with the glorious God, the glorious Christ? What can the propitiation cover do to help you and me, Francis, in our desire to meet with, even speak with Christ? Well, that's a question that really causes us to realize that we need the revelation of God to be able to see how we, who are sinful and natural and full of offenses, can meet with God in his glorious Christ. It's true. We've offended God. We've offended other people. How then can we meet with God in the shining Christ? Well, there is an answer. And the answer is in Leviticus 16, verses 14 and 15, where it talks about the high priest taking the blood that was shed by the sacrifice in the outer court and bringing that blood in and sprinkling it on the cover of the ark. And that cover then is a propitiation cover. It is a cover that really is Christ himself being our propitiation. He is the one who makes peace and reconciles us to God. In other words, he propitiates for us. Two parties are at odds for some reason, and one who cannot fulfill the requirement of the other needs somebody to come in and fulfill that requirement. So God has a problem with us, but he came as Christ, and that's the ark. And that blood that was shed by Christ is represented by the blood that's put on that propitiation cover. And that cover becomes Christ in his propitiatory work, making peace for us with God who is holy and righteous and glorious. All the requirements that God could have against man have been met by Christ as our propitiation cover. So we can come and have fellowship with him. Even though we were sinful, we were offensive, and we have disobeyed, yet there is the blood to take away all of that and bring us into good 
fellowship and a privilege of opening up to see and hear God. Francis, when we began the program today, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of a gospel message, although I related a bit of my own testimony receiving the Lord, and what you just shared sounds very much to me like a gospel message. Can you think of any reason that someone listening to this program who has not experienced receiving Christ in this wonderful, glorious way could not right now even pray and receive him as he's listening to this program? This is another wonderful opportunity because this brings before us the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed for sinners, shed for us. And when we receive him, we have that covering of Christ as the propitiation cover so that we are acceptable to God and we can meet in God's presence. Anyone who hasn't yet received him could do so just by saying, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my propitiation cover. I take your precious blood to make me worthy to come into your presence. Thank you, Brother Francis. More than enjoyable today. Well, we uh, just offer you this program and send along with it our prayers that the Lord would use it for all of his people and those whom he has called to be his people but have not yet responded. May someone out there today have such a desire to pray this prayer. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.